Hello, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV series, The Walking Dead. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Talking Dead. This is episode number 46 for the 6th of June, 2011. It's great to be back. We've got a great show for you. We've got some uh, Walking Dead news. We've got, we're going to announce the winner of our 10th caller poster contest. Mm-hmm. And we're going to complete our first ever Walking Dead actor spotlight on Jeffrey DeMunn. Right. It's a very good time. So uh, before we do all that, Jason, what's new? How are you? I'm uh, pretty good. It's D-Day. Oh, yeah, it's D-Day. It is, June 6th. What anniversary of D-Day is this? Oh, good Lord. <laughs> You're asking me spot questions here I don't Should, know the answer to. You brought it up. Shouldn't you at least know this? Well, I know it's D-Day, and I know it happened on June 6th, and they invaded Normandy, and it was all hell. And Yeah, so we're talking 70 years? Something like something that? Something like that. I think it was... Are you going to make me pull a year out? No, no, I'm just making myself look stupid for not knowing. Well, you're that's, making us both look stupid, really. That's, that's the thing right there. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Okay, D-Day, moving on. Jeffrey DeMunday. Jeffrey DeMunday. Happy D-Day, everybody. Um, we will also announce our next Walking Dead actor spotlight. It's a good one, I think. We're going to have fun watching this person's stuff, but we'll get to that a little bit later. First, we will run through a few items of news, okay? Sure. Season 2 character casting. All right. So news came out as reported by TVLine.com and on a variety of other places on the internet that... They are casting three prominent characters from season two. Mm-hmm. Now, as we've discussed, we know that the uh, the band of survivors that we have here are going to end up at Herschel's farm in season two, probably relatively quickly. I would think. I would. I would hope so. And because it's Herschel's farm, we need Herschel. We do. We do. We really do need Herschel. So they're looking for Herschel. The description is a veterinarian, sort of Wilford Brimley type. Oh, Wilford Brimley would be perfect for this role. <laughs> He's either a little too old and or dead. I'm not sure if Wilford Brimley is still alive. I swear, I couldn't tell you. I'm really not sure myself. I think he would be good for the role, though. Uh, was he a veterinarian in the comic? Was his, was he was the, a farmer. He was just a farmer? Well, all farmers, I think, are veterinarians in some regard. Why? Because they have to birth cows? They have and to birth cows, and if the cow pigs. falls over or you maybe stitch them up, I have no idea. If you accidentally hit him in the head with a hammer, because cows are dumb... You know, you got to fix that. So I'm sure that they're all vets in some regard. <laughs> you have to, if you accidentally hit them in the head with a hammer, yeah. you got to fix that. Yeah, because cows are really dumb. <laughs> I think farmers spend their time corralling animals. I probably shouldn't go any farther because I'm going to get myself in trouble. But corralling animals and growing crops. Well, there's more to it than that. I mean, growing crops is such a huge thing that involves so much. <laughs> you got to rotate crops onto, you know, plots of land. You got to have farm equipment. You got to, there's all kinds of stuff. You, you mean, grow crops. You got to drive a tractor. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I create the internet. Yeah. You know, of there's you a do. lot involved in that. <laughs> okay. Well, in apparently he's a veterinarian and he's Wilford Brimley. So. Well, they say, now this note says a veterinarian Wilford Brimley type. Does that mean a veterinarian type? Or he is a veterinarian, and he's not going to have a farm. He's going to have a ve- uh, a, you know, a veterinary hospital. Well, that's an interesting question. As far as I understood from the, uh, from the report, which I'm pulling up right now. Oh, and I get an ad. Um, it says that, 
Let's see. According to some just-released casting intel, Herschel himself is a vet, as in a veterinarian, not a veteran. Right. Uh, now, the, the author of this article says, that I know of. So, could be veteran, I guess. Um, well, you could be wrong. A Wilford Brimley type, though I don't think a mustache of legendary proportions oh. is mandatory for auditioning actors. I disagree. <laughs> This is the the playoffs are on. There's a lot of mustaches of legendary <laughs> yes. proportions right now. No, we need a big mustache. Um, well, he could be a vet. I mean, be a farmer and a vet. I think that would be a great uh, backstory for Herschel. I think so. Maybe a veterinarian too, as long as he's a farmer. Maybe uh, he just needs a barn. That's all I require out of Herschel is to be around and have a barn full of full of zombies. Well, that's a spoiler, but I just want him to have a barn because okay, that kind of leads to the spoiler. Just a barn. Just a barn. I, For no, some reason. I don't know what's in the barn. He could just keep his tractor in there. Yeah. Um, they're also casting Maggie, who's his daughter. Very good. And as we know, ends up as a love interest for everyone's favorite character, uh, Glenn. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Well, people should know that by now. <laughs> um, in the article, it says, his daughter Maggie sounds like a younger version of Andrea with better horseback riding skills. All right. Whatever that means. I guess she lives in a farm. You got to know how to ride We're a horse. have more horses. Everybody's going to ride horses now because sure. you know, Andrea doesn't have horseback riding skills, and that's going to become evident in season two. Yes. Instead of learning to ride a horse, he's going to learn how to shoot a gun. It's a good trade. Yeah, it's a good trade. Finally, there's Otis, the middle-aged ranch foreman who's such a sweetheart that he all but loses it when he accidentally shoots a fellow survivor. Um. Now, this is a reference. This TV line article is referencing the comic book. We all know what happens in the comic with Otis. Yes. Um, this person is not saying that that happens in the TV show because nobody knows that yet. But it's the first time I've thought back to Herschel's farm and thought about what happens and, and thinking that it could be very cool to see on screen. It, yeah. It, w- it really would be uh, quite the storyline. It would be super, uh, super emotional. You know, right. we haven't... Yeah? No, go ahead. We haven't... Um, you know, the whole Shane thing didn't play out in season one, which involves a pretty spectacular gunshot wound. Yep. Um, and we haven't really seen one yet, I don't think, for one of our living survivors. Right. And I think that would be exciting. It would be exciting. Especially if it is who it is. Yes. If you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, it says that Otis is a middle-aged ranch foreman, which means they are going to get to a ranch. There's going to be a farm. There's going to be a barn. And uh, Herschel is going to be a vet of some kind. A vet, either a veteran or a veterinarian. That's right. Or either a, way, good for the group. Well, that's true, actually. Yeah. A veteran knows what he's doing with yep. weapons, pr- presumably, and a veterinarian knows what he's doing with chickens. <laughs> <laughs> chickens and a variety of animals. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, but veterinary skills can be, I think, to a certain extent, transferred to uh, like human doctor skills. Right? right. You know, birth and babies is birth and babies, really. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> Exactly, and we know we're going to need one of those. (laughs) All right. Yep. Um, Next item this week is that The Walking Dead has won some Eagle Awards. Hooray! The Eagle Awards are a British series of awards for comic book titles and their creators. Do they have eagles in Britain? uh, I don't know, but when you win one of these awards, you are presented with a live eagle. That seems weird. (laughs) And you get to take it home and That's like giving somebody a puppy. You're making an awful lot of assumptions about that person's life when you give them a puppy. It it works if, you know, that person is a family member, but it doesn't work so well. If I showed up at your house and said, here, I got you a puppy for Christmas, that'd be weird. It would be. Again, you know, giving somebody an eagle, maybe they loan them an eagle for a little bit with a handler. Because giving somebody an eagle is a hell of a responsibility. 
you know, just as an aside here, um, not that this show has been nothing but so far. <laughs> um, I, I, when I was with Dave, who needs to come back on the podcast very soon. Yeah. Anyone who's been listening for a while knows Dave. Uh, we'll talk about something he's got on the go a little bit later. But I saw him on the weekend at a rib fest near oh, his house. Fest. And there was some people there that had um, live falcons and eagles and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So they had them, you know, perched on their was arms. Was it a show or was it just people? Uh, no, it, it was people who were supposed to have these birds. It wasn't right. just like idiots who owned them. Well, because I used to work in the children's and family entertainment business, and we used to book a uh, a raptor's uh, presentation group. <clears throat> Got it. No, it wasn't a show. They were just there. They were just there. And so they had their, uh, like, a little roped-off area and a couple of stands, and the birds would stand on those stands and just look around and look all neat, and then sometimes they'd pick them up on their arm and stuff. Cool. My kids really, really love oh, it. Oh, that stuff is great. Yeah, birds of prey are uh, really neat. Birds of prey are fun, and they do critters too. Like you can hire someone to bring critters yep. to your kid's birthday party, and snakes they... and puppies and puppies, <laughs> snakes and puppies, and the snakes eat the puppies, and yeah, <laughs> it's all that... grand entertainment for children. That would be that would be a show, <laughs> but uh, it's more like stick bugs and tarantulas. And the one I was at, there was um, a chinchilla, Ooh. which isn't really a critter. It's kind of this fuzzy little cute thing. Hey, it's, it's uh, a critter. But my daughter cont- um, insisted on calling it a chinchinchilla. Oh, yeah. She got one too many chins. Me too. <laughs> yeah, she's not there yet, but but I definitely am. Yeah, I got too many chins. Um, so anyways, that that was exciting. That was fun to see those birds at, at Rib Fest. Yeah. And I highly recommend anyone in southern Ontario make the trip to Pickering Rib Fest next year. It's well, a good the time. The Rib Fest is, is a, a traveling Rib Fest, right? Oh, so go to your local Rib Fest. Go to and... your, it's probably the same vendors. They travel around. They were in Pickering in, uh, last weekend, and I'm sure they're, they're pretty much everywhere. It's not like they buy all this equipment for the Pickering Rib Fest, <laughs> right? They should. Well, I, I And they should have it every weekend. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that they have uh, Rib Fests elsewhere that you can go to. So go to Rib Fest because... Ribs. Support your local economy and eat ribs. Yes. Um, Eagle Awards. Yes. Remember we were talking about that a while ago? Eagles. The Walking Dead won for favorite American comic book, Black and White. Okay. I'm I'm still stuck on this Eagle thing. Uh, So they give... This is a comic book award. Yes. Okay. So they're giving live eagles to people that are known to be indoor types. Uh, There's... (laughs) Yeah. Comic book writers never leave their house. (laughs) You need to have They're a big... not outdoorsy kind of let's go falconing kind of people. <laughs> is falconing a, a verb? Is that a word? I think so. Let's go falconing? Yeah, you have a falcon and you go hunt some stuff. Well, you don't hunt stuff. You take the hood off the falcon and it grabs things off the ground and but, eats them. But birding, going birding means you just go to listen to the birds sing or and, and watch them and view them with binoculars. I don't know. I falconing ma- probably means just going to view the falcons. No, no. I, I'm pretty sure it means you know going to hunt with your pet falcon. Or flying around in the Millennium Falcon. Also good. Which would be the definition of falconing. Yeah. So I just, I'm, I, I'm really kind of flabbergasted by the fact that they give live eagles. And I'm kind of stuck on it. Okay, uh, well. But I'll move on. Go, <laughs> go look up the awards. I'm pretty sure they don't actually I have questions that. and concerns. <clears throat> Favorite American comic book, Black and White. Sweet. And favorite continued story uh, for The Walking Dead, number 73 to 79, which was entitled Too Far Gone. Yeah. Uh, So good times. They were up for um, favorite reprint compilation for one of the trade paperbacks. I forget which one. And favorite comic-related movie or TV show, but they lost those two awards. Now, 
I was a little upset that they lost the TV show one. However, they lost to Scott Pilgrim, right? which I think was a spectacular movie. It was a good movie. I don't mind them losing to that because I really enjoyed that movie. Set and filmed in Toronto. Boy, if you want to get a picture of Toronto, watch Scott Pilgrim. A weird picture of Toronto, but a picture of Toronto. Well, weird for us because we're around in it every day. But, you know, if you need to see what Pizza Pizza looks like across from Honest Ed's. <laughs> That's true. You'll see it in that movie. <laughs> if that... Everybody needs to know that. Well, you know, that might be a there little bit. There was a Swiss LA there, too, that I liked. <laughs> no, that was a dirty one. I still liked it. Oh, okay. I lived around the corner. I went there all the time. I never got food poisoning. It was fine. Enough with the inside baseball. Yes. Finally in the news this week, um, the headline is, Will budget cuts hurt the walking dead? So here's the deal. The Hollywood Reporter did a uh, roundtable of showrunners of dramatic series. They did a bunch of others too, but Frank Darabont was on the dramatic series one. And apparently, there have been proposed budget cuts for certain uh, shows, including The Walking Dead. So when asked about this, Frank Darabont said, Sir, uh, Creatively, I have no complaints thus far, but I believe if they do move ahead with what they're talking about, it will affect the show creatively hmm. in a negative way, which just strikes me odd. If you have an asset, why would you punish it? Mm, I don't know. <clears throat> That's, good, good question. That's a good question. I, I have an answer, though. Okay. Will budget cuts hurt The Walking Dead? Not if you give them budget band-aids. <laughs> yes. Cut them and then heal them. That's right. Um, it's kind of distressing that there could <clears throat> be budget cuts. Now, I don't have any insight into what the budget of this show is, or budgets for TV in general, I must admit. But it sounds Why like... Why would they cut the budget? I mean, AMC is doing so well with all their television... They are they trying to funnel funds into new projects? Maybe they're going like, yeah, this is this is a great start, and these shows are all fantastic. But we're really running high on the hog right now, and we need to have some money to develop some new shows. Yes, running high on the hog is a new phrase. <laughs> TM. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, why would they be why would they be worrying about the budget? I mean, they obviously had a budget for season one. It worked pretty well. Uh, you know the 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 they didn't spare any expense on the on the practical effects like the makeup and stuff like that. Yeah. And the explosion at the end at the CDC there was a bit chintzy looking, but it was it was perfectly suitable. You I, know? I couldn't do any better. There were certainly complaints about some of the blood effects and so on, but I really didn't see any of that. I thought it was all great. So you're right. Why would they come along now and be like? Uh, we're going to cut your budget by a third or something, and good luck with that. Maybe they only mean like by 4%. You know, we need to cut the budget by 4%. Do you think that's possible? Will that, would, would that hurt you a lot? And they're coming back saying, yeah, that 4% means everything. Well, I mean, it obviously means something to Darabont because he's saying it would hurt the show creatively. Well, it's a political game, right? <clears throat> well, sure. He, they're saying we want to save money. He's saying no. He's announcing to the media, no, it's going to hurt the show creatively, which then, you know, it's it's a negotiation that's happening in the media. Yeah, yeah. He does have to get people on his side, and there's no one better to have on your side than your fans, I guess, and yep. your, your viewers. Um, but still, you know, I mean, I don't want to see the show take a downturn just because amc for whatever reason is like yeah you you gotta spend a million less every episode or something like that you know? right it depends on what kind of cut they're looking at well it depends for sure but what can they cut you know they can't cut actors they need them yeah right <clears throat> they probably aren't lowering their salaries because it just doesn't work that way right 
what are they cutting? They're cutting sort of the, I don't know, the marketing budget? Special effects, maybe? Probably not. Special effects. Writing budget, you know? They've been working with this group of, uh, I think it is four writers we talked about last time. Yep. And, you know, suddenly they're just going to fire one. So, you know, that, I don't know. I mean, he said creatively, specifically. So, it's, I don't a, little, it's a little worrisome. If they're limited in the story they can tell because budget, you know, for example, if they don't have the budget to film in downtown Atlanta for something that they really want to do, that's going to suck. That would suck. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if they've already written, if they have the, you know, the story arcs for certain events happening and now they're saying budget cuts and they're going, well, you know, we can't do that scene without the budget that we planned for, then yeah, it's absolutely going to hurt creatively because we've already planned for this. Yeah. It's part of the story. It's part of the story. We, you know, it's going to actually to go back and to reduce the budget on special and practical effects is actually going to increase the budget on writing because we have to go back and do the whole damn thing over again. Yeah. You know, it's uh It'd piss me off. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> That's for sure. And and I hope AMC is not, like you said, trying to save money to produce other series because they've got a, a good core of shows right now. Yeah. And I, I, I obviously they want to expand and they want to keep making new stuff, but The Walking Dead's only done six episodes, right? Yeah. And there are lots of plans to do more. They're not going to... I mean, Mad Men is coming back. Eventually. And, uh, someday. <laughs> and Breaking Bad's coming back this summer. And Very The Killing soon. is finishing any any day now. You know, <clears throat> they've they've got winners on their hands here. Don't screw it up. Yeah. It's you know? like it's like uh, you go to... And you buy a new gold mine. And you know there's gold there. And you're like, okay, we need to dig this up. And in order to dig this up, we need a certain amount of money to dig this up. And you're going, well, we don't want to dig up that much because we want to funnel <laughs> this, some of the money to dig that up to something else. It's like it's a gold mine. The more you dig, the more money you make here. <laughs> what the hell's the matter with it's you? It's a gold mine, people. <laughs> Keep your eye on the prize here. Dig more, make more. You see how this works? <laughs> yeah. So I'm not sure. So stick to the gold mine plan, AMC. It's very, very, very simple. Yeah. Uh, okay. That is it for the news this week. There's not a lot. I think a couple of things may have um, uh, may have come out this afternoon, but. Whatever. Wrote these notes last night, yeah. so it'll be next time. Didn't hit our deadlines. Didn't hit our deadlines, no. Um, okay, next on the agenda, we are going to announce our poster contest winner. So last week, two weeks ago, when we did our program, um, we asked for the 10th caller to our voicemail line to call in, All right. say who you are, you know, and ideally give a little station ID for us, um, but that wasn't a requirement. You just had to call in and, and say, I want to win the poster and leave your email address so we could contact you. We have our winner All right. right now. So here is our caller who wins the poster. Hi, this is Johnny B. from Salt Lake City, and I'm just calling to let you guys know that I really appreciate you keeping us all informed on The Walking Dead. And yeah. Uh, you're listening to The Talking Dead, the two Canadians who make us realize that Canadians aren't that bad. All right, I'm going to stop it right there because he goes on to give his email address. <laughs> so, Johnny B. from Salt Lake City, thank you for calling in. Congratulations, you were the 10th caller. Thank you for that ringing endorsement. Canadians aren't all that bad, I can personally attest. <laughs> we aren't all that bad. There's Some of us are bad. Well, we're from Toronto, right? There's like there's other parts of the, of the country that, it's, you know, it's a big country. There's some bad people. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but we're not that bad. No, 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 no. If you ask anybody outside of this city, though, if we were. Oh, yeah. No, people hate Toronto outside hate, of Toronto. They hate us, man. 
but anyways, Johnny B, uh, congrats. We will. Uh, I'll send you an email in the next couple of days to just make the arrangements for getting you the poster. And uh, thanks to everybody that called in. Too bad you all couldn't win. I would have liked to have given everyone a poster, but quantities are limited. They are. <laughs> so there you go. Thank you very much. All right. It is time now for our first ever Walking Dead actor spotlight on Jeffrey DeMunn. Jeffrey DeMunn. We need some bumper music for this. Dum, 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 dum. You're always good for bumper Sorry, music. Sorry, that's probably copywritten. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well. We need licensing. Fair use, yeah. I think. If you sing it, it's fair use. Really? Because uh, that's great. <laughs> I'm going to start singing things on the internet. <laughs> yeah, why not, man? Dum, 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 dum. Now Lucas is going to come after us. Yeah, I'm well, not going to finish that. We don't want that. <clears throat> it's less than four bars. You can't sue us. <laughs> so the movies we watched... Uh, were The Blob from 1988, Shelter from 2010, and The Green Mile from 1999. We also were going to watch an episode of Law & Order that Jeffrey DeMunn starred in. Unfortunately, and uh, I hope... Well, unfortunately, we couldn't find it. It doesn't exist as <laughs> it, far... It doesn't exist on DVD. They released the first couple of seasons and the last few seasons, but that whole middle 15 years they didn't release. It's not in iTunes. It's not on uh, Canadian Netflix... If it's on the U.S. Netflix, I don't know. Uh, unfortunately, I can't access that. So, yeah, we just couldn't get our hands on it. And I suppose we should have confirmed that before we announced it. So if anyone out there went out and watched it yeah. for this purpose, unfortunately, we weren't able to. But I just assumed because I knew that they had that on uh, on iTunes, that they had a bunch of uh, uh, Law & Order stuff, but I guess... Yeah, and you think it's it's been a popular show for like 25 years. You think it would be out I've there. I've liked it since the beginning. On DVD or something, you know, but uh, it was really, really hard to come by. So we could only watch The Blob, Shelter, and The Green Mile. So yeah. um, The Blob, 1988, was directed by Chuck Russell. It stars Kevin Dillon, Shawnee Smith, and Jeffrey DeMunn. Yay! Quick summary. Jeffrey DeMunn <clears throat> plays Sheriff Herb Geller, the local police boss who's trying to deal with the outbreak of a mysterious gelatinous substance that fell from space. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> or did it? <laughs> uh, why don't you introduce Shelter? Uh, okay. We don't want to talk about the blob first? Okay, let's talk about the we blob. talk about it? I hated it. Really? I really, really, really hated it. For me... But it was horrid. For me, it was a bit of a typical, you know, questionably questionable quality horror movie from the 80s. True. You know, it had it had all those things. It looked like it was from the 80s. The girl, Shawnee Smith, had the big 80s hair. The Survivor Girl. It had a Survivor Girl. Survivor Girl, exactly. There was definitely some... Um, Did she get reborn? I forget. There's rules to Survivor Girl in, in uh, right. horror movies. She has to come through the birth canal. I That's know. right. Did and that happen? She's a victim oh, until she, that point. They went into the sewer. Yes. Okay. So they, and she, then she comes out of the sewer, yeah. and then she's a hero. Yeah. Okay. Right? So she followed all the rules. She did. I'll give the movie that. There and I, and I kind of like Sha Shawnee Smith. I think she's uh, she's really cute. I I didn't know her before really? this, and I I, I might have seen might have seen her in other stuff, but I couldn't tell you for sure. Well, she was in the Saw movies, the first few. Yeah, anyway. I haven't seen any of those. She was in, on Decker, uh, TV show starring Ted Danson. Ted Danson, yeah. And uh, it actually had Hurley. Um, what's his name? Hurley. Jorge Lopez? Garcia. Gar yeah, he was on that show for a few episodes as well, uh, and she was in uh, The Stand. Steve, mm -hmm. Another Stephen King thing for mm -hmm. you want to tie back to Stephen King mm -hmm. uh, and various such. And this is just off the top of my head. Obviously, I've been following her career. So <laughs> I didn't know her name before this show, sure. but I was always aware of uh, this person existing. Okay, well, you know, I, I it wasn't a blob though. Come on, 
It had tentacles. Blobs don't have tentacles. Okay, you're right. It was. It, you're right. It was a. It was a blob that could attack you. Yeah. With tentacles, it could the, reach up and grab you and pull you down. The 1958 version was an actual blob, <laughs> and you just happened to be in its way. Oh no! Here comes this gelatinous thing rolling slowly towards me. I better go. <laughs> oh no! I forgot to leave. I better leave. Wait, I'll throw a rock in it first. See what happens. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I thought the movie was bad, but kind of in a good way. It. It. It didn't bother me that much. I enjoyed watching it. I told my wife about it. She said she remembers watching it from the 80s and liked it because she thought it was funny. Now, there were some gory scenes in this movie, like yeah. when the guy gets pulled down the drain in the... Uh, I thought that was the, silly. ...in the kitchen. Yeah. I've seen things like that before, though, and it's always like, you know, they are getting pulled down and then their leg comes up straight up and their foot's right beside their head and stuff like that <laughs> because they're getting they're getting crunched through the drain, right? Yeah. Um, but that was okay, and... Uh, at the beginning, when the guy she goes on the date with gets blobbed, yeah, and like all the skins off his face, I think that's the 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 cover shot for the movie, right, or something similar. That was pretty cool, you know. Yeah. It's what? he's standing there and he looks up and it's above him and it drops down. Wouldn't it make on. more sense for the blob to come out of the drain and envelop the dude and then digest him somewhat and then just go back down the drain? Yes, of course, because <laughs> he would he would. Why go through uh, the effort of pulling a human being through a three-inch drain? <laughs> like, come on. It's grosser. It is grosser, but it's just the effort involved. But it's a blob. It doesn't think about that. It's an all-consuming mass of with, gelatinous with substance. tentacles and muscles and things. Sure. Yeah. When you're stuck in that blob, you better watch it. The blob is not internally consistent. That's my only problem. <laughs> Fine. I need things to be internally consistent. Okay, let's talk about Jeffrey DeMond's character. He played yes. the sh- a police sheriff yeah. who didn't do a lot. In no, not a whole lot. He was in about 50% of it, the first half. Yeah. And then, spoiler alert, he was eaten by the blob. Oh, no. However, we didn't get to see it. No. We got to see all the other blob deaths, all the other prominent ones. Right. But uh, after the kitchen scene we were just talking about, our main character runs out. Um, not our main character. The waitress in the... Um, the one the, Jeffrey DeMunn's trying to date. Yeah, that's right. The waitress in the bar there. She runs out, and she's in a phone booth, and she's trying to call for help, and she calls him, yep. and then all of a sudden, the blob is all over the phone booth, and his hat and badge are in it. Oh, well. So, uh-oh, he's already he, been eaten. He's not home. No, <laughs> he's not home anymore. <laughs> Doesn't have cell sure. phone in the 1988, so it's not going to ring. That would actually be good if there was a cell phone that could ring. Oh, no. Right in the blob. It's yeah. right beside her. Yeah. That would be good. And the sheriff's deputy, who is, is his partner, he survives most of the movie. But the sheriff, Jeffrey DeMond, does not. So anything about Jeffrey DeMond's performance in this movie that stuck out to you? No. He he warned the main character, uh, the main character dude, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kevin Dillon. Kevin Dillon. Yeah, he st- said, uh, you're 18 now, no more juvie for you. That's Matt Dillon's uh, brother. I yes, think. it is. He's in uh, Entourage. Oh, okay. Very good. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, nothing really. That stuck out. Which which is unfortunate. I mean, it could have been a really good role in a... Well, in maybe a, he can start in, in the a... remake. I mean, 2018, 2018, we're due for a remake, right? 58, 68, 78, 88, you know, 98, 2008, 18. Every 30 years, they're making a blog. Well, that's movie. what they did. 58, 88, that's 30 years. So That's uh, true. We're due for a remake in a few years. They're probably planning it right now. Yeah, they probably are. Uh, Jeffrey... In 3D, for crying out loud. <laughs> it's oh, screaming for 3D. 3D blob. If they can, uh, if they can wait till 2018. I don't 3D know if they will. 3D will be dead by then. Oh. Or at least it will have gone away for a while. I've heard again. good news now, actually. You can actually buy 2D glasses so you can watch 3D movies in 2D. 
They're still too dark, though, but that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about that. I might get some. <laughs> yeah, why not? It, too often, there's no option to watch a movie, even if it's released in 2D, in 2D, because yeah. it's not playing in my local theater. So you bring the 2D glasses, and you're all set. So the blob, Jeffrey DeMunn dies halfway through the movie. He um, He's rather ineffectual. His performance is kind of understated. He's not a real, you know, go ass kicking kind of police sheriff. No, well, he's not a main character. He's just a background character. You're kind of, uh, you know, obligatory police officer character. Sure, but I what I mean is he's not like he's he's not proactive as this character. He kind of just sits back and reacts as the police officer in this town and the blob I don't know, realizes they, that and gets him. <laughs> they did give him a plot though. Because he was going to try and date the waitress. He was trying to date. Right, the so waitress. they actually gave him a plot. He just wasn't like there for eye candy. I don't know what the you know Jeffrey DeMunn eye police candy. I'm candy. Not sure. Police yeah. candy, but uh, they did give him a plot. No, that's true. They gave him a plot, and uh, it tied it tied itself up. It wrapped itself up well because he, he was in the first scene of the movie when he was in that restaurant chatting up the waitress, right? Yeah. yeah. And then she was the one who's just trying to escape the blob in the phone booth. You know, forty five minutes later. And he's there again, but now he's part of the gelatinous mass. Good for him. At so least he's doing him. something with his life. <laughs> All right. Uh, Shelter was the next film we watched. Why don't you introduce this one? Well, this was directed by Mans Marland. Yes. Marland? Mans Marland. <laughs> oh, my God. And Bjorn Stein. And Bjorn Stein. Starring Julianne Moore, Jonathan Rice, Mayers, and Jeffrey DeMunn. So Jeffrey DeMunn plays Dr. Harding, the father of the female forensic psychologist psychiatrist who discovers that all of her patients multiple personalities are murder victims or are they <laughs> in this case <clears throat> spoiler they are they are <laughs> um so he was her father in That's this right. one uh, uh julianne moore's father he calls her up says come and see a patient of mine because he's also a psychiatrist and i guess she wants him to come and treat this guy he's come across with multiple personalities right He's a bit of an eccentric in this movie. He is. He actually plays <clears throat> a different role in this movie than I've seen him in any other role, really. He's kind of fun-loving and happy-go-lucky in this movie. Definitely. He's I, kind of playful. Right, which we don't see from DeMunn very much. In The Blob, he was a police officer. Yep. In The Green Mile, he's a police officer. And in The Walking Dead... He's a corrections um, officer. Is he? Well, in no, in Formerly. The Green Mile, he's, they're not the police. They're oh, corrections sorry. officers. In The Green Mile, he's a prison guard. Right. Similar to a police officer. Sort of. And they don't in, police anything. <laughs> they do. They police death row. They don't. Okay, fine. They're not looking for people to doing bad things on death row. What, anyway. what I'm trying to say is he is an authority figure. Yes. He's definitely an authority figure in The Blob and The Green Mile. Yeah. And he's an authority figure in The Walking Dead, too, yeah. because he's kind of a father figure, which is interesting. He's That's not right. a police enforcement. Well, he's officer. a father figure in shelter. Uh, he's he a, is the father. He is a father, <laughs> but I wouldn't call him an authority figure. Right. Um, certainly not a disciplinarian. I mean, he may no. be a smart doctor, right? And he's an authority in his field, maybe. And a smart ass. <laughs> and a smart ass, yeah. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't say he's the same type of authority figure as in the other stuff we've seen him in. Right. Which is interesting. This is a different kind of role for him. It is. He had longer kind of fuzzy hair. Yeah, wore a hat all the time. Big eyebrows. What did you think of this movie in general? Oh, it was crap. It was so, so bad. Now, I can't remember this ever being released in theaters. I don't think it was. So, straight to DVD. Yeah, it was better than The Blob, though. 
No way, man. The oh, Blob yeah. was better than no, this. No, I'm on board with Shelter <laughs> being better than The Blob. Okay, Shelter had the stupidest ending. I mean, the premise... Oh, yeah, it was dumb. The premise itself was, like, on thin ice. But, yeah. but you know, a multiple personality thriller is by itself an okay I like the beginning. I, I really like the first, say, third of the movie. When they were introducing the they different were personalities? They He didn't know what was going on, and it had the guy from... Uh, uh, what's the name of that TV show? The Tudors. That's Jonathan Rhys Myers. Yeah. yeah. So it had, you know, he did a good job. I thought he oh, at the beginning he, he did. He, at the beginning he was okay. At the end, you know, he plays a psychopathic kind of crazy, you know, creepy guy very well. Uh, yeah, that's you true. Know, he, in the Tudors, he happens to be the king of England at the time, but uh, he's still a psychopathic kind of crazy creepy guy. Yeah, yeah. So I thought he did a, I thought he did a good job at the beginning. Yes, the it, movie the whole, com- it took it left turn and com- turned into complete crap. The it movie had a lot of potential. It completely falls apart at the end, yeah. and then and the last couple of scenes are just totally stupid and ridiculous, in my opinion. And it's interesting because Julianne Moore is a great actress. Jonathan Rhys Meyers, like you were saying, is good. Yeah, and uh, as we all know Jeffrey Demond is good. It's got some star power, but somehow it just didn't work out. Oh, it was it was the writing. It was the writing of the whole the, the whole script was just I think it was crap. Yeah, bad screenplay. I think. Yeah, not a fully sort of realized idea, I think, was the problem. Yeah. So, anyways, how did you feel about seeing Damon in a role that was a little different than the other stuff? I liked that. Stuff? I, I did like that. I liked that it, that his character was a little different than what he normally plays. Yeah, it was nice to see him branch out a little bit. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's been acting for a long time, and this was only a few selections from his vast assortment of roles, but... Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it, it, I'm glad we chose this one just for that reason, because he was a little bit different, so... Yeah. Um, it was nice to see not so much of an authority figure role. Yeah. Finally, The Green Mile. You'd seen this movie before. I've seen it a few times. I had never watched it before, that's, so this was yeah, exciting good. for me. Released in 1999, directed by none other than Frank Darabont, yeah. starring Tom Hanks, Michael Clark Duncan, Sam Rockwell, and Jeffrey DeMunn. Yeah. DeMunn plays Harry Terwilliger. No relation to... Um, Sideshow Bob. Sideshow Bob, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Harry Terwilliger, a death row prison guard in the 1930s who, along with the other guards, has a moral dilemma uh, with his job when they discover one of their prisoners, a convicted murderer, has a special gift. And there's no question here of whether he does or he doesn't. Um. This movie was fantastic. It was, like it was, it was genius. It's it, a great movie. Yeah, it's. I can't think of anything that uh, was wrong with it, other than maybe the th- over three hour length. Well, that that's the thing. I was thinking about that when uh, watching it again. It's like, okay, I got to find something wrong with this movie, you know. And I'm thinking, okay, each of the, you know, uh, Tom Hanks, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan, genius, genius. That role was brilliantly played. Sam Rockwell, uh, come on. That was awesome. I I love Sam Rockwell almost in everything he does, you yeah. know, and he was really, really good in this. I mean, you just hated the guy. Yeah. Not as much as you hated um, Percy, though, the other uh, guard. Yeah. Oh, Boy. yeah. What a prick that little he got, weasel He was. got his just desserts. It was a great movie. Just absolutely fantastic. But I couldn't think, I can't think of anything wrong with this movie other than three hours, but still. But that's, I, I wouldn't even hold that against it. I mean, that was... Three hours with not a minute wasted, you know? Yeah. Um, They took their time with everything, similar to The Walking Dead, you know? They actually... This is one of the few movies where you could have an entire plot point and storyline revolving around a mouse. The mouse was good. And make it interesting, (laughs) exactly, you know, right? And so 
it, it and was nothing great. was wasted. Like the mouse plot was not wasted. No, it was, it was important. It was to important the, to the the bigger story. Um, all the characters were fully realized. Yep. You know, uh, they all had. It all felt like they were real people. They had lives. They had lives in and outside the prison. You know, yep. you didn't really <clears> see it for all of them. But uh, when I realized that was the scene where um, Tom Hanks's character has all the guys over for dinner when they're and they when they, when he explains the um the idea he has yep uh, and 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 I'm like man these guys are just regular dudes you know they're they're regular guys they hang out outside of work yep and but they also work together you know and it's really it was really really well done so well, even uh, Graham Green Canadian oh yeah Graham Green right the, the first beginning. first guy to get executed that's right <laughs> Um, I really liked the uh, the scene uh, after he was executed, and they were down in the uh, the staging area where they take the guys to the morgue, and the the weasel dude was uh, saying, "I hope you rot in hell." And he's like, "Hey, he's square with the house. He's paid his price. That's right. And I treat him with some respect. That's right." I really like that kind of idea, actually. Well, he's paid the ultimate sacrifice now. You know, I mean, yeah. he there's nothing more you can give up to sort of make up for your crime. So, yeah. square with the house. Yeah, <laughs> the movie was just brilliant. I, I just loved it. Really, really well done. Um, as I said, directed by Frank Darabont, so we're familiar with him. Yep. Um, so Jeffrey DeMunn played one of the prison guards, a little bit of a background character, but he was in, you know, almost all the scenes in the prison. Yep. There were a lot of <clears throat> scenes where he didn't even have a lot of lines because he oh. was just kind of there supporting, you know, the core group of, of guys there, right? He kind of had a fatherly figure kind of vibe to it, too. He was definitely <clears throat> the oldest of them, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was the only one, uh, at the, when I mentioned before the scene where they had dinner, where they were hatching their plan, which I won't give away cause you should go see it. But he was the only sort of dissenting voice at the table. Yeah. He was the only one who didn't want to do it. Yeah. Right. And he was more like, you know, we can't, what if we get caught? This is our job. We got to, you know, keep things the way they are yeah. sort of things. So you're you're right. He was definitely an authority figure here in just his job, but also his his attitude. You know. Yeah. So uh, good movie. Go see it, <laughs> or don't go see it. Buy it, rent it, do something. See it. Yeah, it's it's a great film. It was totally totally worth watching. So, uh, Michael Clark Duncan. Mm-hmm. Do you think like he was? He's a big dude. He is a big dude. He was part of his character in this movie was to be a big dude. Yep. Big menacing guy. Big huge at menacing least, big dude. At least physically. Yep. Now, I've seen him in other movies such as Daredevil, yeah. where he played the Kingpin. And what else? Anything else? Well, he was in uh, The Whole Nine Yards. Uh, whole Ten Yards. I don't think I've seen that. I thought... Well, you should see that. Yeah? Yeah. The okay. Whole Nine Yards, you haven't seen that? I don't think so. Write that down, my friend. No, nah, maybe later. Um, I used... For a while, I thought he was the guy in Pulp Fiction. No. But that's not him. That's not him. Okay. So anyways, my question is this. He was a huge guy in this movie. Do you, he's not really that big in real no. life. They made him... He walked on stilts when he was walking with people. And when he shook Tom Hanks' hand, if you look at the hand, it's a child's hand. Tom Hanks' hand? Tom Hanks' hand. When he shakes his hand right at the beginning, they put hair or on that on a child's hand to make it look like an adult hand. And they had him shake his hand. It was all staged. He's a big guy, but he wasn't that big. But nobody's that big, yeah. And yeah, he was on stilts because... You know, when they were walking next to him, this was obviously they made him out to be, you know, three or four feet taller than he actually was. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was thinking to myself, they must have used some clever camera work here to 
yeah. to really check out that it. scene. It's it's actually a child's head. That's that's a really good good way of doing that yeah. actually. Now that I think about it, so uh, that's cool. Jeffrey Demon and Clark Michael Duncan Duncan Michael Clark Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan in uh, the Green <laughs> Mile. So watching any of these three films, did you have any thoughts about uh, Demon's portrayal of Dale in The Walking Dead? Do you think? Do you think any of these? I'm not going to say influenced it because you know they probably didn't, um, but do you see a path of of Jeffrey Demon as he's gone through his career at all? Well, I think that uh, he may. He's kind of typecast in that when you want that Jeffrey Demon kind of character, you get Jeffrey Demon, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's the thing is I think he's a little typecast, which may be unfortunate, uh, but he has a very honest, open way of portraying this these characters, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's uh, he does it very well. But it's always it tends to be very similar in uh, in character. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot there's a lot that we haven't seen of his, right? I mean, we could have watched The Majestic, another Frank Darabont, and there's yep. all kinds of TV stuff that he's done where I, I suppose he's probably you know done different things. Um, but uh, yeah, you're right. There's and from what we've seen, it is sort of always about the fatherly, level-headed, you know, kind of fatherly figure yeah and uh it, it seems to work well for him though so jeffrey demon there you go yeah that was um fun. we are going to do this again in fact we're going to continue doing it who is going to be our next actor spotlight mr miles oh i forget <laughs> it's going to be andrew lincoln andrew lincoln main character mr fairhurst <laughs> he is of course rick grimes the central character of the walking dead we're going to do Andrew Lincoln, and here's what we're going to watch. For now. For now? Well, yeah. I don't want to spoil everything. He's not the central. He's the central character for now. Okay, fine. <laughs> we are going to watch the following three things, and this time we have confirmed that we have these things available to us. Yeah. The first is a British TV show called Strike Back. We're going to try and watch the whole first series of that the whole first season That'd be fun it's only six episodes yep so um you can you can find that no i don't think it's british though did i say british i, I don't remember i don't know but it's available on itunes it was four seconds ago i have no idea yeah uh i don't think it's british now that i think about it we were looking at trying to get some of his british shows like teacher or uh, sorry teachers or um afterlife i think there was one and there was another one too his breakout role which i forget uh, but unfortunately, it's just hard to come by those. They're not available on iTunes here, not available on Netflix in Canada. And the only thing we could do is order them from Amazon UK, which would cost money and take time. So right. fortunately, we can't do that. So more too much time, probably too much money. Yeah, the money I could I could live with, but we don't have the time to get it shipped here. So uh, unfortunately, that is kind of a bummer, But because I would like to check out some of those things. Yeah. But we are going to have to watch Strike Back Season 1. We're going to watch Moonshot, which is about the Apollo missions. Which is something I'm interested in anyway. I would watch that show regardless. Absolutely. I didn't know it existed. I would watch that. What's the name of the guy he plays on that? Oh, don't ask me that. There's uh, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and the third guy. He plays the third guy. The that, third guy. That never landed on the moon. So, <laughs> Well, not on that mission. Not on Apollo 11. He may have gone on to land on the moon in subsequent missions. 
but he uh, in Paul on Apollo 11 he remained in the command module while the Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin landed on the moon Michael Collins Michael Collins is the man's name so uh he plays Michael Collins. It also stars Daniel Lapine as Neil Armstrong and James Marsters as Buzz Aldrin. I went to school with somebody who was related to, to Neil Armstrong. Yeah. And you know how I knew that? Their name was Armstrong. His name was Neil Armstrong. And it's like, well, are you related? Yeah, he's my great uncle. They named me after him. Kind of thing. Well, of all the people, being, that's pretty good to be well, named you after Neil Imagine going through life being named Neil Armstrong. I, I had a... Um, That's like having just being named Homer Simpson. Yes, I was named after Homer Simpson. In uh, When I was in grade seven, which is the seventh grade for all you Americans, uh, I had a music teacher named Mrs. Jackson, and she named her son Michael. Oh, I had... I In uh, grade three, My one of my best friends was Michael Jackson. <laughs> okay, well, this was just the son of a teacher, and we always thought it was funny that she named yeah, him. Yeah, he was Michael younger than Jackson. I was, but he used to beat me up on the way home from school. But at that age, that's how I made friends. So... People would beat me up for a while, and then I'd become their friends. And then, yeah, we hung out for a bit. Michael Jackson, my friend. Stupid kids. <laughs> um, so Moonshot, that yeah. is a, it was a TV movie. And unfortunately, we couldn't get a lot else. So we're going to watch Love Actually, which he is not a huge part of. But that's yeah. okay. He's still in it. Yeah, it's got that uh, praying mantis lady, Kira Knightley. Uh, I didn't know she was a praying mantis yeah, lady. She's, got okay. the, she's all angular, and she looks like a praying mantis, like one of those stick bugs. You don't like the Kira Knightley? I'm not a big fan, though. I, I think she's okay. You should watch... Oh, crap. You should watch that cloning movie she's in. Bend It Like Beckham? No, you should watch that, too, though. Oh, I've seen that. That's a good movie. She's still you know, a praying mantis, but... <clears throat> um, Never Let Me Go. You should watch that movie. That is that is a good like real-world sci-fi movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Write that down. Never let me go. No, don't just say it. Write it down. I don't have anything to write it down with. All I'm going to say is you already have it in your iTunes library. Oh, well, there we go. Um, so there we go. Andrew Lincoln is our next Walking Dead actor spotlight. We're going to watch Strike Back Season 1, Moonshot, and Love Actually, all available over iTunes. So uh, if you want to follow along and play along, play along, then please, please do. Because and call in with your thoughts. Like yeah, if totally. If you, you want to talk about these movies or TV shows that we're watching, you know, call in and tell us what you think. Tell us what you think. Even if you just say, I loved it or hated it or whatever, you know? Tweet it, email, Facebook, whatever. <laughs> There's all kinds of ways to don't write us. Don't write us a letter. There's no actual physical mailing address. No way to get us a letter. And the Canadian Post Office is on strike right now. Oh, yeah, that's right. Rolling strikes. Rolling right? strikes. So. so mail probably just won't get here. It's iffy anyway. <laughs> I mean, yeah. come on, Only the, the dog sleds can only get through a couple of months a year. <laughs> Dude, don't perpetuate those <laughs> myths. Um, speaking of that, Johnny B. from Salt Lake City, who won the poster, I'll email you. We'll have to figure something out because, as Jason just said, it might be difficult to mail you something. Well, so. it's rolling strikes, and it's only uh, carriers anyway, right? It doesn't... Pro mail processing is not... I mean, back up the mail processing for a day, and the carriers the next day have to carry twice as much. <clears throat> They're shooting themselves in the foot. Okay, I'm just saying... It may take a little while to mail you a poster, so right. we'll deal with that. Especially now that I've badmouthed the Canada Post. <laughs> yeah, They're well. coming after me, I know it. Ah, uh, badmouth the TTC. They're, they really are bad. They don't listen to podcasts. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Like uh, Jason said, call in or send in your thoughts on our spotlight, our extra spotlights, or anything that we talk about. Any or spotlight. Do. You can reach us by phone at one 483 zomb 
That is 1-866-483-9662. It's a toll-free call. Costs you nothing. Just so everyone knows, it is 2-0 Boston right now in the second period. And uh, by the time you hear this, the game will be over. But, you know, just saying. Um, if you want to find us on Twitter, we are at Talking Dead. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash thetalkingdead. Finally, you can use email and send it to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Do you think email is going to go away after a while? No, it's just going to continue to evolve. Like mail? Into nothing. Yeah. Mail hasn't gone away. I except know, in but this country. <laughs> yeah, well, I think eventually snail mail is going to go away and email will get replaced by, I have no I have no idea what, not RSS feeds because that's already dead. Except there's always a need to ship physical items and you need mail to send that's what FedEx is something for. from point A to point B. Okay, it's it's package point a delivery. To Memphis, Tennessee to point B. <laughs> You're right. Package <laughs> delivery. But there's still always gonna be a need to like mail something to your cousin in, you know, Timbuktu or whatever, right? I have a cousin in Timbuktu? Yeah, you didn't even know. Wow, I should mail him something. There you go. Um so yeah. Sorry, that was an aside. Right at the end, I almost finished the show and then I went on a tangent. <laughs> almost. <laughs> Uh, just like, you know, email still exists, but there are many other ways to communicate online these days, yeah. right? Many superior ways, yeah, but the, you still have email. Of which I use almost none. Well, you got to get with the times. I here, haven't man. tweeted in months. I haven't checked my Facebook in weeks. Okay. All I ask is that at least you tweet that there are new episodes of this podcast going up. Why? Nobody follows me. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Someone, <laughs> someone might. Uh, I got a, I got a notice in an email saying that somebody started following me on Twitter. I'm like, what are you crazy? <laughs> like, why? <laughs> How the hell did that happen? Well, for the record, I follow you. Yeah, and a I lot of good that does. You. I always want to know what's going on in your life. <laughs> All right, I'll tweet this show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, please take part in our Walking Dead Actor Spotlight. It's Andrew Lincoln. We will announce the next one next week. I think it's going to be a good one. So uh, everybody, tune in for that. Until then. Have a great two weeks. Bye.